Last week, we discussed how U.S. Capitol Police were opening up satellite offices around the country. They were in two locations, San Francisco and here in Tampa, Florida. And a lot of you were scratching your heads like me, wondering why are U.S. Capitol Police operating outside of Washington, D.C.? It just doesn't make any sense when you think about it. And they've been opened since just a couple of months after January 6th. That, that's why it was so concerning. And as many of you guys commented, I mean, how does Governor Ron DeSantis and other local uh, lawmakers allow this to take place. Now, I went by where they're supposed to be based out of, which is the Hillsborough Sheriff's Office, and I couldn't get in, but I, I wanted some proof that they were operating in this office space, and I couldn't get it because I wasn't able to get onto the property. But again, U.S. Capitol Police, I followed up, I've emailed, I've called, and just to get some statistics, basic statistics, saying, hey, listen, what are you guys actually doing out of here? How many threats to members of Congress are there? Uh, how many have they been since you guys have opened up? What is like an active day for you guys look like? And they won't answer a single question. And the Florida governor, as well as Attorney General Ashley Moody, none of them want to answer these questions. And it's quite concerning, but there's obviously the separation between federal and our local state, which is Florida. And obviously, a lot of us have some questions, and there's going to be some questions that I'm going to throw at my good friend, Steve Friend, a whistleblower as well as a uh, fellow for the Center of Renewing America. And Steve, you've got a brand new podcast that we've got to talk about. You are the co-host of America Radicals podcast right here on Rumble. Steve, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time as always. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Steve, so a lot of us have these questions regarding the federal government kind of using U.S. Capitol Police to work here in, in Tampa, Florida. What would be the reasoning behind opening up an office outside of Washington, D.C. For, for this agency? Well, there's the real reason and the right reason. I think that they'll say the right reason is that they are following up on threats to the Capitol, which is essentially their jurisdiction. It could be personnel within the Capitol, elected representatives, or professionals who work staffers. Uh, but then there's the real reason. And the real reason is they have an enhanced budget that Congress yeah. gave to the Capitol Police following January 6th. They beefed up their budget enormously, and it's a bureaucracy. So it, it, they are looking for ways to spend the money that they've been given so they can get more of it down the line. And mm -hmm. the, the issue now is they are federal law enforcement office. They have responsibilities of investigating violations of the federal law, but there's an actual geographical limit to that. And that is within the, the four walls of the Capitol building, as we all sort of understand it. They are, they are the mall police, if you will. It's the, it's the yeah. up on the mall of, of Washington, D.C. And the investigations that they have are, are limited to that structure. But it, it would be no different than a national forest service that has federal arrest authority than opening up a new branch within the city limits, saying, well, look, we can investigate the federal law. Uh, but it's not really within their lane of expertise, which is incredibly troubling, especially when you look at them going to a specific state of Florida here, uh, where there is the most, this, this, this state has the most January 6th subjects, which I would think that they are going to use then as their foot in the door to enhance their power, ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah. And that makes sense, Steve, because I've gone around and I've actually asked the three offices, the field offices here in Florida, uh, 
the FBI field offices, what specifically is Capitol Police helping you guys with? Because from my understanding, and you could kind of, you know, verify this for me, um, I was told that when a threat is made to a member of Congress or a member of their staff, that is given over to the U.S. Capitol Police. And then after they collect everything that they get, you know, evidence, information, they then hand that off to the FBI field offices. Is is that usually how this works? Do I have a good grasp on that one? Yes, because the Capitol Police actually geographically are going to be limited to Washington, D.C. So if there was a threat and let's say that person resided in Florida, it would make sense. It would be a logical uh, deduction for them to hand it off to the FBI to just assist with the Capitol Police with that. And that's that goes without saying because different law enforcement agencies work with each other. If you don't have somebody there, it would be just a cost-effective means to send an email and ask for the FBI to help you out rather than flying one of your people down to Florida to go go conduct an interview. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I can understand that. I mean, I asked all three of the offices and none of them would give me a specific answer as to why they need us Capitol police down here specifically. Uh, it, it seems like there's no reason for them to be here. I understand why they'd be in San Francisco at the time, the house, the speaker of the house, was Nancy Pelosi. And so to have an office near her home would make sense for her. Uh, Steve, do you think based on what we have going on here in the state of Florida. Do you think there's anything that our local officials can do, local Florida lawmakers, the governor's office, or even Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody's office? Is there anything that they could do to stop this? It's to, it's a challenge because there's a supremacy clause. So the, the state sort of has a get out of jail free card where they can say, look, we can't do anything about this because the federal government has the ability and the responsibility for investigating violations of federal law. But the, uh, the the state is actually, due to the 10th Amendment, they have a responsibility here to protect their citizens. And if the federal government is violating state law, I think mm -hmm. that there's an interesting challenge to be had here. And, and I think that there's a, a strong argument to be made that the federal government, as it pertains to January 6th investigations or anything else that the Capitol Police are saying, they're going to be violative of civil rights that are protected by the Florida State Constitution. And they're maybe exceeding their boundaries. And this is something that could be hashed out in the courts. Um, and, and that's a very lawyerly type of, of, of combat that's going to happen. I think from an uh, operational standpoint, though, these local field offices, be it from the FBI or any other federal, uh, federal law enforcement agency, uh, they're going to need assistance from local partners, be they sheriff's offices, police departments. And that creates a leverage point from the state standpoint. They can refuse to do that. These, the state legislature can pass laws that restrict the sheriff's offices and police departments from providing their personnel and resources and intelligence over to the local field office uh, from the federal agency, and, and that might hamstring them. So it's, it's, it's a matter of maybe throwing up some speed bumps uh, as opposed to allowing them to just rot, roll right over the, uh, the Florida citizenry. Yeah, I mean, here in Florida, we're covering it all the time. I've met so many J6ers who have had just the most basic rights violated by the federal government, the Department of Justice and the FBI. And when I reach out for people like Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody's office to help out, uh, it seems to go nowhere. And I understand that there's, again, separation here, but this this seems like criminal rights, uh, uh, civil rights violations to me completely. Steve, for our audience at home right now, let's say they get a knock on the door and it's the FBI and they're just trying to ask some questions. And we all know that they do this all the time now. 
what do you recommend our audience to do if they have the FBI on their front door just looking to talk to somebody and get some information? It could be anything from just, you know, putting out a bad tweet that they didn't find humorous, or it could be something more. So how should they go handling this if the FBI ever comes knocking on their door? Well, you have to realize is that this is not a two-way street with the FBI. They are coming to your door because you're going to give them something. It's, there's a benefit for them. They are not there to just serve you. I've told mm -hmm. everyone now that they should refuse to cooperate in any sort of fashion with the FBI. Uh, they've proven to, to be an objective actor for ill at this point. Uh, I would not even provide them my name. I would not provide them any information because another thing that people need to remember is even if you're the victim of a crime, the FBI can open an investigation. That gives them the power to look into your records and to do some investigating of you even as the victim of the crime. So I would just refuse to participate in any way. If I'm the victim of a crime, I'm going to my local law enforcement office. I'm going to my sheriff's office. I'm going to my police department because I think that they're going to be able to serve my needs better than the FBI is. And they're actually going to have personnel who are, are more capable than most FBI agents. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great tip because I mean, we just see them escalating and going after conservatives really for no reason at all. And so that's something important to remember. I want to get to a tweet that came out from one of your fellow suspendables, Kyle Serafin. Uh, it's an interesting one, given the current state we live in with politics and uh, everyone just going woke and just becoming stupid. I guess that's the best way to describe it because now they're hiring the FBI based on your sexual preference rather than your actual skill set. And then we're seeing them putting out ridiculous uh, emails to, and this was an internal email that Kyle tweeted out. And it's basically saying that they've adopted the LGBTQIA plus acronym instead of just using the plain LGBT plus, uh, which most of us still use this day because the other one is just, I mean, it's just absolutely outrageous. And they're doing it, of course, to be more equitable and more inclusive. And they say that it's been recommended by nine diversity advisor committees and approved by FBI executive management is kind of how they wrap up that email. Steve, um, when you were banging down doors at six in the morning with your fellow agents, did you really care about what your fellow agent's sexual preference was? Or was this something that was always in the front of your mind at the time? No, it wasn't really, uh, wasn't really important to me. Uh, and whoever uh, they, uh, they love or uh, whatever they do in the privacy in their own bedroom is really a, a not a, even a secondary concern. It's a non-concern to anyone who's working in an operational capacity. Uh, th this email going around and the fact that there are actually nine advisory boards that are mm -hmm. going on taking up the, the feelings of the, of the rank and file to the executive management uh, is, is an absolute indicator of how the FBI has given over to now this, this church of woke and it is not about doing the, the bidding of the American people and protecting the, the rule of law and preserving our constitution. It's just about furthering this new radical religious ideology that we've seen permeate through our federal government. Yeah, Steve, you've still got some friends in the agency. Uh, when I look at the work that the FBI is doing, it, and you call it out constantly, they're just constantly jumping on local law enforcement agencies to make it look like they're actually doing things. And they're not really doing the investigations that we know that they should be doing. I remember the last time I remember a good FBI story um, of the agency doing anything was back in Fort Lauderdale when they were banging down the doors of pedophiles, known pedophiles, and trying to save children. Is the FBI, based on the people that you speak to currently in the agency, really doing any work right now that's benefiting the American public? I think just at a small office level, it, it's it's a question of what do you deem to be of helping the American public. Uh, I don't. I really don't have a problem with the FBI assisting 
local agencies and, and taking their work to a federal level if there's a, an enhanced sentencing. If we can get a chance to, keep, to put a bad guy in jail for a longer period of time, I'm all about it. My problem is with the FBI stealing the credit. Their, yeah. their, their prime directive as an agency should be to serve locals and then elevate them and make sure that they're getting the helmet sticker, not the FBI. Uh, as far as work that's going on, I think that they are completely, uh, they're taking off the ball here. The, the training that's going on at the academy level, people are being taught that white supremacy is the only focus of the FBI now. And that's just not in keeping with what's consistent with what you open up your window and you look out and see if there's any crime going on. That's that's really not what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's disturbing, but we're hopeful that things will turn around. Steve Friend, thank you for joining us today. Again, I want to remind our audience, Steve is the co-host of the American Radical Podcast, which is on Rumble. I recommend everyone subscribing to that. Thank you so much again, Steve, and we look forward to having you on soon. I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.